Today's episode is brought to you by the new book, Podcasting for Dummies and Brandon Thomason, a simple guide with everything you need to know to start your own podcast. Our research shows Brandon Thomason is the only white male in America, ages 25 to 45, who has not yet started a podcast. So this one's for you, Brandon. Oh, and for all the other dummies out there who might not know any better. Podcasting for Dummies and Brandon Thomason. We're counting on you, Brandon. All right, let's tween it up. From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, this is Skinnerd Reconsidered, the only podcast where I review every Leonard Skinnerd song. We're getting there, free birds. I'm your host, The Simple Man. And today's episode is pretty special because we are covering the very last song on Nothing Fancy, an album which has surprised and delighted me. So this is the third season finale. I like to refer to these as seasons because it makes me feel like I'm doing something cool like a TV show. I think TV is really cool. So as we say goodbye to Nothing Fancy today, sadly we must also say goodbye to our tour guide on this album, guitarist Ed King, who would exit the band while on tour following this record. There's a great documentary about Leonard Skinner that came out a couple years ago. If you haven't seen it, it's called If I Leave Here Tomorrow. You should definitely check it out. A lot of great stuff, great interviews, great concert footage. And in If I Leave Here Tomorrow, Ed King explained why he left Leonard Skinner. He said, quote, I'm the hippie from Southern California. I'm not digging the violence part. Ronnie and my guitar roadie, who changed my strings, were thrown in jail in Ann Arbor. They didn't arrive until 10 minutes before we went on. I had to play on old strings, and I broke two strings during Freebird. After, Ronnie was riding me, and a light bulb went off, and I said, that's it. I went back to my room, packed up my stuff, and left, end quote. So yeah, I was in the middle of the tour that Ed decided he'd finally had enough. Obviously, there was a lot leading up to this moment. This was just the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. Freebirds. In another interview, Ed says, quote, Well, I was out of my mind for quitting. And let me stop there. This is a, a big thing to do, right? He's in this band that's huge and it's getting bigger and bigger by the moment. But he's finally had enough. It takes a lot of guts to, to quit. So he says, quote, I was out of my mind for quitting, but it was the best thing I ever did. We signed with a new manager in New York, and the manager didn't really have a clue as to what the band was about. He was interested in Ronnie only. He was kind of like putting wedges between, well, he put a wedge between me and Ronnie for sure. Ronnie was drinking a lot. It was just an unpleasant situation. I never drank, but I was into drugs pretty good. I had gotten fed up with, frankly, all the violence. Our new manager used to tell Ronnie, hey, the crazier you are, the better you're going to be. And I think he kind of took that to heart. It just got a little too nutty for me. So in the middle of the night, I just walked out. It had been a bad night the night before. I had good reason to leave. I should have never done it the way I did it. End quote. 
And if you're wondering, the manager he's referring to is Peter Rudge. And that's the same guy that Artemis recently talked about on the Talk is Jericho podcast that I referenced last time. Artemis also said he divided the band, so maybe there's some truth there. And Peter Rudge is the same guy who took out the big insurance policy on Ronnie before he died. He was also responsible for chartering the shitty plane that ultimately killed Leonard Skinner. Not saying those two are connected, but perhaps a true villain is emerging in our tale. It's pretty clear that Ed King was always the outsider of the band. He was the only one that wasn't from the South. He was from California. You can look at practically any picture of the band, album covers, whatever, and Ed is always at the end, a little bit separated from the rest of the band. A picture says a thousand words, free birds. I just made that up. I failed to mention that on the first album, it's actually Ed playing the bass, not Leon Wilkinson. I haven't given Leon enough time on this podcast, but we're going to get to him, because I know he, he's hung around for a while. It's a long story, but Leon wasn't around at the time of the recording, so Ed was brought in mostly to play bass, and I thought he did an amazing job. But when Leon came back, Ronnie put his arm around Ed and said, Man, you are the worst bass player I have ever played with. Good old Ronnie. So Ed moved to the guitar, and the rest is history. To wrap up Ed King's story, he died not long ago in his home in Nashville, Tennessee, on August 22nd, 2018. He was 68 years old. Pretty young by normal people's standards. Ancient by Skinner's standards. Ed had been battling cancer in the months prior to his death. Oh, and I have to say, I put this on Twitter recently, but there's a guitar shop in Nashville called Carter's Vintage. Ed was friends with the owners, and he entrusted them to sell his guitars upon his death. If you can, go visit the store, or at least look at their website. Look at the Ed King collection. It's pretty amazing. There are a lot of guitars that Ed owned, a couple bass guitars, a few amps. The star of the collection is the 1973 Fender Stratocaster that Ed used to write Sweet Home Alabama and record it as well. And it's on sale for a cool $450,000. That's a lot of money, but hey, that's music history. If anyone is worried about a Christmas present for the simple man, keep that in mind. But I will tell you, I would immediately sell that guitar. Not that I wouldn't love to have it, but come on. four hundred fifty grand. You know how much candy I could buy with that? Now, before we say goodbye to Ed, I wrote some, this is kind of embarrassing, but I wrote some poetry to honor his legacy. It's kind of hard for me to open up like this, but my new friend and producer, Jarence, has taught me a lot this season. He's taught me to be more adventurous, more open, more brave. So in that spirit, I've decided to share these deeply personal poems with you today. Thanks for your support and encouragement, Jarence. You've truly changed my life. Seriously, man. This is a haiku, by the way. Edward Calhoun King, third guitarist and third wheel. Wings go flap, flap, flap. All right, that was kind of fun, so I wrote another one. Here it is. There once was a king. Six strings and an open heart. Cal I, foreign I, A.
Terrence, are you sure about this? I'm pretty embarrassed. Is really, you think it's good? Okay. All right, I'm going to do one more. One more haiku for Ed King. Fly on, Mr. Ed. Not the horse, of course. Hell house to sweet home. All right, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't know if those are good or not, but I'll tell you this. I put my heart into it. And I guess that's all that matters, really. That's what Jairus has taught me, anyway. And Freebirds, I was really hoping to have some updates today on the investigation into the murder of Jairus's brother, our former producer, Clarence. I know Jairus is desperate to get to the bottom of this, but I don't have anything new from PIPI. We know it's either Rye or Nate and or John. We know from past episodes that there were clues related to the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Clarence was playing Iron Man on repeat on his phone when he died. He wrote the word purple in his blood. Clear references to Sabbath Bloody Podcast and to the Deep Purple Podcast. But that's kind of where we're stuck. I was hoping to wrap this up this season. I mean, just from a storytelling perspective, let's be honest. It would have been nice. But this is a real investigation. It doesn't work on the timeline of this podcast. So, of course, we'll keep an eye on this moving forward and keep you Freebirds updated. But that's all I know right now. Let's get to the music. The song for the day is the final song off Nothing Fancy, and it's called Whiskey Rock-A-Roller. Not rock and roller. Not even rock in roller. Rock a roller. A is an apple. Just want to make that clear. When I first started this podcast, oh, those many years ago, my dad was one of the first to hear it. And right after he listened to it, he saw in his town an old blue Toyota van rolling down the street, blasting whiskey rock a roller. And this matters because this is the exact same van that we owned as a kid. This is a mid-80s Toyota van. It's one of the ugliest vehicles you will ever see. Maybe I'll put a picture out there on, on Twitter for you. And there aren't many of those on the road. So is that a coincidence? Maybe a sign? A message from the Freebirds up in heaven? I'll let you be the judge. Whiskey Rock-A-Roller was written by Billy Powell, Ed King, and Ronnie Van Zant. Ed King tells us, quote, Billy started the idea for whiskey. Billy came to the studio that day with a piano part that was fairly complicated. I sorted it out and came up with the bulk of the tune. But by the time Ronnie and I had finished with it, Billy couldn't find a piano part. That's the only time I can recall when a tune originated on the piano. I haven't really talked about Billy Powell at all on this album, and I should have. He had some fine organ moments earlier on this record, but doesn't stand out quite as much on this album, to me anyway, as he did on the first couple. We'll get back to Billy. He's not going anywhere, don't worry. Ed King went on to say, quote, My rhythm part during the verses is pretty important, and it's missing on their live version. Like the chorus in Alabama, that's Sweet Home Alabama, they never figured that rhythm part out either. Ooh, shots fired. Let's see what we think. From Leonard Skinner, this is Whiskey Rock-A-Roller. Whiskey 
just a straight ahead honky tonk rock and rollin song that Skinner does so well. Lyrics to the chorus are, well, I'm a whiskey rock a roller. That's what I am. Women whiskey and miles of traveling is all I understand. Probably didn't need my help with that one. But I think this might be the most shocking, brave moment that we ever get from Ronnie. A confession that, as a grown man, he understands nothing other than women, whiskey, and miles of traveling. Think about that. That means he doesn't understand how babies are made, how to eat food, the difference between the sun and the moon, nothing. Just women, whiskey, and miles of traveling. The story behind this shockingly honest song is that a journalist asked Ronnie Van Zant, hey, what are you, man? Which I think is a great question from someone who asks questions for a living. And Ronnie responded to this writer, I'm a whiskey rock-a-roller. Did you hear that? I was born a traveling man, and my feets do burn the ground. We first learned about Ronnie's feats when they were stomping along to old Curtis Lowe, and those feats haven't stopped yet. Sometimes they take a break to shove themselves in a pair of boots, and right now they're burning the ground. Get ready, boots. We got some ground to burn. I don't care for Your hands off my whiskey, God. I know what you're thinking. You said Billy Powell couldn't find anything to play on this song, and I just heard some piano. You're a liar, simple man. I'm pretty sure that it was Al Cooper, producer, and David Foster who added that piano later. Correct me if I'm wrong, Freebirds. I know you will.
Ronnie's going to see himself a queenie. I don't know what that means. I guess like a little queen that he seems to like. And she likes to drink Old Granddad. Old Granddad is a bourbon. It's distilled in Claremont, Kentucky at the Jim Beam plant. It was named after the creator's granddad, Meredith Basil Hayden Sr. He was a famous distiller in his day. Each bottle has his picture on it. It's a really cool looking bottle. Basically, I just added this part to show that I occasionally do some research for this podcast. And every time I see that gal, Lord, she wants to take me down. She's a whiskey, rock and roll up. That's what I am. When the whiskey and miles are traveling, it's all I Thank you, Leonard Skinner. That is Whiskey Rock a Roller, the last song off the great album, Nothing Fancy. There are a million songs about rock and roll bands traveling the road, and this is definitely one of them. I like it. I think Skinner does that straightforward rock and roll honky tonk boogie pretty well. I hated about half the words I just used, but it's all I can think of to describe it. I bet you know I'm going to rate the song very soon. But before that, our sponsor today is the new book, Podcasting for Dummies and Brandon Thomason. We were able to identify Brandon as the only white American male, age 25 to 45, who has not yet created a podcast. What are you waiting for, Brandon? Just lazily sitting there in your three-bedroom, two-bath home on Stable Drive in Las Cruces, New Mexico? Yeah, we see you. We are really counting on you to buy this book, Brandon, so don't disappoint us. Also, all you dummies out there who already have podcasts, maybe you should buy it too, since you're always making dumb decisions anyway. Podcasting for Dummies and Brandon Thomason. We never should have written this fucking book, Brandon, but we're going to need you to buy it. Call us to talk price. Alright, so my rating for the song... I think it's a good one. Nothing groundbreaking, but I think it's the type of song that Skinner does just about as well as anybody. So I'm going to give Whiskey Rock a Roller on a scale of 1 to 5 Skinnerds, 4.4 Skinnerds. And overall, like I said before, this album, Nothing Fancy, I wasn't familiar with it other than two, maybe three songs. And I was so happy to learn that it is a great album. There were a lot of songs that I didn't know before that showed me an entirely new side of Skinner, and I enjoyed it from top to bottom. So thank you, Leonard Skinner. And before we wrap up here, I have to give a huge thank you to Jarence, our new producer, who has come into my life, and he has just killed it this season. I mean, killed it. Stone Cold Killer, this guy. 
Oh, and Jarence, I love that jacket you're wearing. Jarence is wearing this super cool purple tweed jacket with elbow patches. Wait, isn't that the jacket that you wore the night Clarence died? And you had those glasses on. We were all joshing around and calling you Professor Plum. Remember that? Oh, shit. Professor Plum? Jarence? Oh, I had it all wrong. Looking back, there were so many clues. The investigation has revealed the actual cause of death was blunt trauma to the head via a candlestick. Jarence makes his own candles, of course. When Clarence's body was discovered, the following song was found playing on his phone on repeat. Iron Man. Jarence does these triathlon competitions. I always forget what they're called. Jarence thinks that's hilarious. It could definitively be ascertained that Clarence uttered the following phrase three times in the call, deep dive. Jarence is an avid scuba diver. Just before dying, Clarence wrote the following word in his own blood, purple. Jarence is wearing this super cool purple tweed jacket with elbow patches. Clarence said his own name over and over again in the call. Clarence, Jarence, Clarence, Jarence, Erence, Erence, Erence. Holy shit, Jarence. It was you. Clarence wasn't saying his own name at all. He was trying to say, Jarence, that's you. Your name is Jarence. You killed Clarence, Jarence. Sorry about that, Freebirds. I had to cut a bit and come back. As I just realized, my producer, Jarence, killed his brother and our former producer, Clarence. So in the end, it was Professor Plum with a candlestick in the ballroom. Wow, I was just way off. Way off. Sorry, Rye and Nate and or John. Anyway, once I realized, I ran over to Jarence and tried to tackle him. But I just bounced off him. Man, that, that guy's in good shape. Then Jarence took off, and I called the police. And get this. They found him 16 minutes later, three miles from here. Do you know how fast that is? God, what a badass. Now, but anyway, Jarence has been arrested by the local police, and I've edited a pretty cool montage of the evidence against Jarence for the police, which I just shared with you guys, actually. That was pretty awesome of me, right? Still, I can't help but think what would have happened if I never turned Jarence in. It was changing my life by the day. Never really knew a friend like him. I trusted you. I loved you, Jarence. Oh well, no matter now. Best of luck in prison, Jarence. My sweet, sweet prince. All right, that's it for the third album from Leonard Skinner, Nothing Fancy. We probably will take a little bit of a break between seasons as we do. I guess I need to find another producer once again. But it won't be too long. We'll be back before you know it. Join us next season to explore an album I don't know jack shit about called Give Me Back My Bullets. Until then, I must be traveling on. Um.